recorded live. <laughs> Certainly recorded live. Yes, in as person. usual. <laughs> this is Cheap Wine and Screaming, our podcast where we drink cheap wine and scream. Um, was the wine cheap, Crystal? You brought the wine. It was. Uh, I mean, it's so today's episode is a brunch episode, which yeah. means I had to get prosecco because we had to make bellinis. Right. Because that's. Um, you will go to jail if you have brunch without some sort of sparkling yeah. wine. Exactly. Of um, course, we have to have, you know. I don't make the rules. That's, right. yeah. So it was the cheapest Prosecco that they had at the liquor store next to my house. Okay. So, you know. Yeah. Eleven ninety nine. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cheap, you know. Sure. Certainly sure. Not, not the most expensive wine we've ever had. Definitely. Yeah. Right. But nice. Um, Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I think today our plan is to kind of kind of slow it down a little bit. We've had yeah. some very heavy topics mm-hmm. um, lately and always. Right. Um, and so today we were like, what do we want to talk about? Um, and I think both of us were like, I don't feel like reading the fucking news. <laughs> so what about music? We're going to talk about music today. Yeah. We're and, you know, our, our introduction should be that we figured out how to... Uh, record properly. Um, uh, you figured out how to record properly. I still have no idea what kind of wizard we did. We did a Joe. You were doing <laughs> over there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we are. Um, we are now using multiple mics, like fucking professionals. Wow. Yeah. I have a mic over here. Yeah, I have a mic over here. You also have a dog. I have yeah. I have like a professional. Yeah. Any He's... Coloradoan professional needs a dog under the desk. This is required. He has a little spaz right now, so you probably hear um, some Jack's background noise. Blam. Yeah, but um, but yeah, we're gonna talk about music. Yeah. I think we're both pro. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so here's the deal. I don't know shit about music. I don't know anything about it. I like it. I like listening to it sometimes. Right. Some of it. Uh huh. Um, and Travis is a music person. Yeah. You have, there's a music degree right here on your wall behind me, I believe. There um, is, yeah. So, there's that. There's a whole hell of a lot of uh, studio recording equipment on this desk in front of me. <laughs> um, there is a mini keyboard, you know, a microphone, a MacBook. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. yeah classic uh, stringed instrument, the MacBook Pro, yes. <laughs> it is an instrument these days, you know. It is. It is. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say I know a whole lot. Um, I, I definitely don't work in the industry, um, but... Three oh. drinks in, you're going to tell us all about Friends List. I love Friends List. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually going to be about classical music the whole time. You're just gonna all of it. Nod the nod. whole thing. I'm yeah. just going to nod and smile and <laughs> pretend to be, uh, absorbing any of the Italian words that you throw at me. Right. Perfect. Yes. It is going to, um, be about Western music, though, I think. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty much. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I can't... I, I definitely listen to and enjoy non-Western music, but yeah. I definitely can't say I know anything about it. Yeah, I don't think I can hold a conversation about it. Yeah, no. So, um, but yeah, so, yeah, music. Hey! Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, like you said, we're gonna keep it low, you know, or we're gonna keep it light this week. Well, let me, let me, let me prompt you with this, actually, because I find this, I find the answers to this question endlessly fascinating. Okay. We had a converse, slight conversation about it yesterday, but, like, how do you source the music that you listen to fuck okay so see that's a that's a question the answer to which like shifts constantly Mm -hmm. lately and over the course of the pandemic um i have been listening to almost exclusively um like irish folk music (laughs) um 
because what was happening over the course of the pandemic is like every one of the music artists that I love and want to pay attention to was like, I am locked in a house. Let me make a record that's all about my like childhood trauma and my innermost thoughts and like my saddest feelings. Um, and all of my various music sources were like, you want to hear about that right now. Right. Yeah. And I was like, not, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my sources for, like, quote-unquote music are, like, pretty pretty boring right now. Like, mostly I'm, like, going on YouTube and looking for, like, three hours of chill jazz. But when it's not that, um, I'm still on Pandora. I'm still on that shit, which you've made fun of me for before. I have. Um, I continue to will. I continue. I, yeah. Right. I mean, I just like, I just like to mix it up because like, I don't, I don't know what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, I hate to say I like a little bit of everything because like people say that and it's like what they actually mean is that they like John Denver and remixes of John Denver. Right. right? Um, so, but I do like both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I guess the way that I find new music right now is basically you send it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or I go on Pandora and I uh, find a song that I do like, and then the internet is like, what about these? Yeah. The so algorithm gods. I, yeah, I trust the algorithms. I trust the science to bring me... Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. How do you source music, Travis? <laughs> That's a good, good question. I agree with a lot with what you said about, like, liking a little bit of everything um, mm. and that can be kind of annoying I think to some people but um, I don't like to kind of put myself in a box per se but I do gravitate sort of towards some genres genres mm-hmm. as, uh, as uh, the late great Alex Trebek would say oh may he rest in peace yeah um, <laughs> um, but yeah no, I think it's, it's, it's interesting how um, it's changed so rapidly over the last few years because of mm. the internet precisely um you're not getting compact discs in the mail anymore. You're not, yeah. You don't, you don't have, like, the... Yeah, you don't get cassette tapes or LPs or... Um, you, you're not finding new music on the radio, per se. I mm-hmm. don't think a lot of people are using radio or radio-type products, like um, like Pandora. Mm-hmm. They may be using, like, uh, daily mixes on, like, Spotify and stuff mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. which is sort of kind of the same, not really. Um, but I'm largely the same. Like, I will... Um, I have... A whole bunch of artists that I really like, and then I'll follow. Like I use Apple Music primarily, mm-hmm. um, but I do have Spotify too. Um, so um, I kind of just peruse like new releases every week, mm-hmm. um, and I try to do some like a bit of like self discovery. But a lot of what I think curates my musical taste these days mm-hmm. is like word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people on the internet telling me that something is good, or I read music reviews a lot, uh, or friends just suggesting music to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Every once in a while, I'll take a, I'll take a dive into the, um, to the algorithm and see what gets suggested. But I think it's, um, it's kind of interesting, like w- what the internet has done to this. Like it's created a lot of more more democracy in terms of like what music mm-hmm. can be released. But I think because of just the sheer volume, people are just kind of, yeah, backing into their own corners, right? Like the. I don't think a lot of the younger kids who maybe didn't grow up with the advent of like, well, not the advent, but like experiencing the radio, for mm-hmm. example, they're not really taking chances on things. Like they're like, if they really like trance music, they're just going to listen to that. And then like the, the Spotify algorithm is going to double down in that. You know? Yeah. And they're not really going to take a chance on 
country or rap or rock or you know like mm-hmm. or whatnot and so I, I it's similar to like all of uh, uh, how we've consumed a lot of media mm-hmm. um like tv for example there's not monoculture really anymore with like tv or movies right um it's the same with music like there's not like there are there, there are a few exceptions right like top 40 is still a thing and um i think there are some artists that can kind of achieve pretty mass right. appeal but i think that's happening less and less and less yeah and it's tricky too because like there's there's a really sizable contingent of people that are just like staunchly anti-top 40 yeah right like there's you'll have stands Right? And then you'll have people who are just like, yeah, whatever, it's music. And then you'll have people who are like, I don't listen to that specifically because the other people at my high school do. Yep. Um, were you that kind of person, Travis? Were you ever that kind of person? <laughs> um, I think I was a little pretentious, but not about not about pop music, about classical music. Mm. Um, mm. But I do think like that that specific phenomenon like was really prevalent in art generation i think so when we were when we were growing up like that's when like the rock rockism versus poptimism um Mm. conversation was kind of really happening um and it became people's personalities to like josh are you okay bud yeah he's just excited he's just really excited about music yes yeah he loves music yeah um but it came people's first became their personalities to like the music that their parents liked and Mm. or to like to reject modernity, like, or just, like, reject, like, whatever yes. pop radio, like, pop was happening, like, the, like, to, it, it became an economy, right? Yeah. Like, like, do you know how many people own, like, Dark Side of the Moon t-shirts? It's because... I mean, it's a, it's a fashion moment now, right? right? Yeah, right, exactly. And, yeah, graphic band, graphic band tees kind of mm-hmm. end and flow every five years, just, mm-hmm. like, being in the fashions and not. But, like, that, like... Liking a incorrect like one of the most successful you know uh, right uh, albums in the world became counterculture right. right yes yes I'm indie I like the Beatles yeah ex- yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and it was so weird like I, I it was and I, I, partially I do I do kind of blame um, like our parents generation because mm. I think a lot of exciting things were happening when we were growing up with music mm-hmm. and that was just like immediately rejected by them mm. and then that they kind of internalized that in their children I would say. Like, there was a whole, like, when rap was, like, really flourishing mm-hmm. in the late 90s and the early aughts, like, it was a, another personality trait to be like, rap is crap, I don't like this stuff. Oh my like, god. it's so bad. I came up with a rhyme. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. those people. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, it's, it was, it was an annoying, I, I think people have a desire to um, be different, right? Like, they want mm-hmm. to... They, they want to have some sort of individualism. Right. And a, and a rejection of what is popular is, like, a pretty easy way out of that, you know, right. or, like, into it, I should say. Um, and so I think people really kind of gravitated that to that. And then they still do that. Like, people do that all the time. Like, right. Hipster culture is a, is a thing. Right, right. I mean, I think people really, a lot of the time, they view music as n- not so much a sound that you are listening to for your own enjoyment, but, mm-hmm. like... A sort of emblem of your of what kind of person you are. Yeah, right. Your identity. Not yeah, mm-hmm. not even your personality, but your identity. Like mm-hmm. like, how do you fit into, you know, the people around you? What kind of people do you want to talk to? Um, you know, this is still like one of the biggest things that people talk about, like dating sites and things like that. It's like, oh, she's into the the Rolling Stones. She's my type, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's you you sort of there's this like 
almost dissonance that happens sometimes when you run into somebody who is like into a certain kind of music but like doesn't seem like that kind of music person Mm -hmm. right like somebody will tell you oh yeah i'm really into like you know 90s like vintage rap Mm-hmm. which is a phrase now holy shit yeah. <laughs> um classic rap right <laughs> um uh and and sometimes people will say that and you'll be like oh you don't seem like that kind of person or somebody will be like oh yeah i'm really into like en- enya mm-hmm. um and you'll be like wait really yeah right because it's like it's it's almost less about like do i enjoy this sound do i appreciate this sound do i appreciate what this like artist is doing culturally it's almost more often about like what kind of people do I want to spend time with and like I think that's kind of valid like I think a lot of people would like scoff at that and be like oh you're not really appreciating the music you're just like using it as like an emblem of personality but like I don't think there's actually anything wrong with that like I think that like for example like metal Mm -hmm. is something that I was never into like the sound Mm -hmm. of metal to begin with I fucking hated it Right. Right? But I started to realize that, like, the people who were into this music were, like, the kind of people I wanted to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Right? Very often. Like, some... Obviously, there's metalheads that are douchebags, and we can get into that later. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I started to really get into it because I was just like, I like going to the shows. I like hanging out with the people. I like going to metal bars. Right? I like the people that I meet when I wear the t-shirts of these bands Mm. right and like there's a lot of people who be like oh you're such a poser you don't really like that music like you don't really and i developed an affinity for it Mm -hmm. because i started spending time in those circles right um and i think i think that happens for a lot of people in a lot of different genres and Mm -hmm. i think i think this kind of like relates to what you were talking about about how people made it an identity to like the music their parents liked or whatever Mm -hmm. um it's like oh i'm really into you know, um, Led Zeppelin or whatever. Mm. And having definitely been that person, right? That was the kind of music that I just liked. Like mm-hmm. I didn't there I definitely went through phases where I endeavored to be that person because I realized that, oh, this is a personality type that I can like lean into and like people can learn something about me by like, you know, b- being the kind of like girl that listens to Led Zeppelin. Right. <laughs> right. Um But initially, that was just, like, music. That was just the music that I grew up listening to. Like, I didn't have, like, I didn't grow up with 90s music. I grew up in the 90s, but I didn't, like, I don't get people's references to, like, NSYNC and, like, the Spice Girls and shit like that. Like, I've never listened to a Spice Girls record all the way through. I've never owned one. I didn't have a CD player. Like, I just listened to the radio. And so that's just, like, what music sounded like to me. And it wasn't until later that people started, like, hearing that that's the music that I liked and drawing all these inferences about what kind of person I was that I was like, oh, this is the social function of liking a band. Right. It's actually not remotely about whether you like the music. Yeah. 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 That's a good, that's an interesting point, too. Like, when we were growing up, like... Music had to, by necessity, be communal, whether it was small or big, right? Like, you, you like, headphones weren't, like, really a thing. Like, mm-hmm. Walkmans didn't pop off until we were kind of, like, you know, well into our, you know, early teens, you mm-hmm. know? And so, like, when you were listening to music, like, when I was driving to school with my dad, like, one of three records would be playing, one of them being, like, ACDC's Back in Black, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I developed a liking to that, mostly out of just familiarity, you know, like, and I think that's where a lot of people 
start to develop their music tastes, right, is through, like, others and, and, and what their parents listen to. But, like, now it just, like, is not necessary, right? Like, if my dad was driving me to school today, like, I could throw on my AirPods and listen to the fuck whatever I want, you know? Right. Um, and that just wasn't really as prevalent as it is now when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it became community and there was kind of, there had to be some sort of consensus building or mm-hmm. just compromise, right? And so, like, um, you put whatever was on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like, you put on the most agreeable radio station, which is usually, like, some alternative rock or indie rock, you know, right. thing um, that had, like, sort of some elements of pop um, or, you know, some, some, you know, but some rock and it was just agreeable music. Right, know? right. Um, and there was a lot of, I think... They're going to play, like, the Bare Naked Ladies. Right, yeah. And, like, your mom would be like, oh, I like this song. And then yeah. you would tell her the name of the band and she would be, like, offended. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of mean reversion, I think, in, in the 90s because of... Because, maybe not because of that, but... Uh, or fully, but... Um, but that was... there were That that became, I think, where Top 40 really started, like, picking up. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I... I I find it interesting about how how much people identify with the music that they listen to mm-hmm. and also how quick they are to just apply endless amounts of criticism to things that they don't like. Absolutely. And it's really yeah. it's really kind of fascinating to me. Like I and it's back to like the rockism and optimism thing. Like mm-hmm. um that was a really big thing when we were kids, not only in music criticism, but just in general that like People thought like the, the 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 prevailing thought was that like rock music mattered, right? Like it was right. Art. It was real music, right? It was real music, and pop music was fake music. Yeah, and it wasn't worthy of critical <laughs> critique or anything like that. Like it was, right. it was just like wallpaper. It was like stupid. It was like not you know whatever. And we've we've moved past that, and I think optimism has prevailed much. Have to, we? Some people have. Some people have, but I think if you call, especially in like the industry, if you call, if if you identify as, like, a rockist or you believe in a rockism, like, that's almost pejorative. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think we've kind of, for the most part, moved past that. Mm-hmm. But now we've created other problems, right? Like, there's a lot of genre gatekeeping now. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of, there's, we've, we've, we've kind of subsetted music so much mm-hmm. that, like, there is just so many walls up now. So that, like, somebody... Right. If you, if you don't identify as, like, a trance, you know, pop, um, you know, K-pop person, don't, don't say that you're a fan of this band, you know? Right. <laughs> um, like, what, kind of what you were saying earlier. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's also kind of in tandem with, like, how stand culture has grown, right? Like, and, and um, how people can connect with each other on Twitter or, or social media and, like, all this stuff. Like, it's just kind of created... Like the internet does, um, right? A little bit of toxicity. I would guess. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, wasn't it? I can't remember who it was, but Billie Eilish famously like didn't know some like really famous like uh, classic rock band. Mm-hmm. It was like Red Hot Chili Peppers or something like that. Like she just didn't know who they were. Yeah. And Twitter found out about this and oh, like no. lost their entire shit. They were like, "Wow, okay, fuck you. I've never, you know." And they, you know, mm-hmm. people get really really hyperbolic when they yeah. when they talk about music. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost, you know, it's it's like the way that people talk about sports but like even more. Right. It's like, "Oh, fuck you." Like, you sh- you know, take a long walk up a pier, right? You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> they were like, "Oh, you're not worthy of the bottom of my shoes if you don't know who these people are." Right? Um well, and it's the same, too, with, like, the opposite of that. Like, do you know how many people are fucking chomping at the bit to tell me they don't like Beyonce? God! Like, they are salivating. 
They are so ready to tell me their spiciest take about Beyonce. Why? I don't know. Like, it just, I don't when you like something it. so publicly, I think people want to take shots at you. You know, it's what I mean? really well. Okay, yeah. so this is a personality type, I think. Yeah. Right. And, and that's I think a charitable a charitable descript- description of it. But this is this is my spicy take for today. I know we were gonna be we were gonna be chill. We were gonna be like very laid back. <laughs> but you were like, oh, do you have any spicy takes? And I was like, mm. <laughs> so here's the thing: these like musical purists, especially the people who like enforce like genre gatekeeping, mm-hmm. they're just fucking sad. Like, <laughs> right. yeah. Like I have dated people like this. I've worked for people like this. I've known people like this intimately, right? And, like, I don't think this is, like, a fundamental part of a person's personality. I think this is, like, a phase that they're going through. Mm. And sometimes it's a lifelong phase where they're just, like, for some reason, I need to exercise power over other people by making them feel bad for feeling joy. Mm. Yeah. Like, fuck you, your laugh is weird, your cosplay is cringy, your... Mm you know, your music is not real music, yeah. right? And one of the things I've noticed, in particular in the metal community, right, mm-hmm. is that you have this very clear line forming between the people who act like that and the people who are into whatever, right? Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but, like, this, this is part of why I've started to, like, fold into kind of, like, the folk metal side of things. Mm-hmm. Is like you wind up with people who are just like I'm just here for like this cool sound that's getting created. I'm right. just here for this like interesting experiment that this for the band vibes. is doing. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm here to like go to Red Rocks and hear somebody play like the fucking thousand year old predecessor to the bagpipe. Right. Right. Like that's what I am interested in. I don't want to have a conversation about whether Mirkor is like really metal or not. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not a, a Twitter dad. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the people who are that. The people who are like, oh, you can't say that, that such and such is metal. That's nuh-uh. Fucking Megadeth is more... It's, it's, I mean, it's toxic masculinity to begin with, but it's like I think it goes further than that. Yeah. It's just like, you have your thing that somebody told you was your shit. At some point, for some reason, you decided that things that are decorated in this particular way are your sort of cultural property. Mm-hmm. And only the people that you think are cool can like it. Right. Not the people that you like, because you actually don't like anyone. Only the people that you think are badass enough right. can like it or be part of it or whatever. And anybody doing any kind of experimentation with that, anybody pushing any kind of envelope, anybody even trying to participate in it without being an expert at it, without being able to overpower you with their expertise, is... A weak pussy that we need to kick out of the playhouse. Mm. Um, right? And, th- like, these people are, like, they're just... Every time I run into somebody like this, I'm like, tell me more about this great lifestyle you have where you just hate everything. Right. Like, you don't... Do you actually like music? Mm-hmm. Do you actually like this great music that you listen to that you think is, like, so pure and so good? Or are you just looking for a vehicle to get out your aggression? Are you just looking for a square on the ground that you can territorialize? Right. Right? Um, I used to be, like, I used to be that chick that was, like, really into classic rock. Partly because I liked it, you know, like I said, partly because I liked the sound. But partly because, like, when you learn enough classic rock trivia, you can have a lot of fun with these douchebag old men at dive bars. 
that will like see you in a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt and try to like fucking quiz you. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, name every guitar. Right. I'm like, oh, James Allen Hendrix? You want me to tell you about which biography would you like me to pull from? Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um and you know, it's fun. It's this fun kind of like rapport that you have. And sometimes they're like, oh, okay, and you kind of like win their respect. But like I got to a point with that where I was just like, why is winning respect the activity here? Right. Why can't we just, like, enjoy shit? Right. Why can't we just, like, like why does somebody need to, <laughs> why, why does somebody need to prove to you that they're, uh, that they have, like, done the initiation that is required to like this thing? Because, like, I think that that's, that's genuinely a good thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right? There's certainly, like, some kind that like, experiences that it makes sense to have, I hate to say, like, gatekeeping, but, like, sometimes there's a shared experience that's like, oh, both of us have been through this, this tough thing, mm-hmm. right? Both of us have, like, climbed over the barrier to entry of mm-hmm. this, and we can share that experience, right? Right. But music is uh, free. Right. Right? Music is, like, on the fucking internet now. You don't have to, like, shake hands with some rando in some back alley to let you let you into the secret part of the record store, right? Yeah. To, like, share his, like, you know, uh, deep cut fucking, you know, bootlegs with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, like, a fucking high-level quest to get a hold of music now. You can just go enjoy it. And if you know more about it than other people, you can, like, share that with them. Right. Well, and that's the goal, right? Like, that's so. what's so weird about this phenomenon. It's counterintuitive to, like, <laughs> what we should actually be doing. If you're a fan of something so lovingly, like, ideally you'd want to add, be an advocate for it. Right. Right. Like, you would want to share it with other people. And right. You would, want, you would want more people to like the thing that you like and listen to it and, and experience it and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've reached a, we, we've kind of reached a point where, um, I don't know, our, our lives are, are, are kind of lived very publicly now, mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a little bit of existentialism with mm-hmm. a lot of people, and I think that, like, they kind of want to hold on to these semblances of what makes them unique or different, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, it kind of contributes to gatekeeping or, like, genre gatekeeping or, you know, like, um, uh, um, just being upset that other people, like will casually listen to a record and be like, oh, I thought, I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll check out what, what more they have. And instead, like, you just, you know, stand there with a clipboard under the fucking bridge and say, mm-hmm. oh, well, you have to answer, answer all these riddles before you can, you know, access the rest of this discography. Nobody's looking under the bridge. I don't care. I don't care about your fucking riddles. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it's just, it's an interesting phenomenon. And I, and I totally, I, I kind of get that, too. Um, especially when, like, you... Um, there, there is an urge too to like when you when you um, discover an artist like pretty early on and then they mm-hmm. like pop off. Right. That was, I was an early adopter to Megan Thee Stallion's um, uh, worldview for <laughs> 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 music and all that stuff, right? Um, and then you know her her first album Reeler came out and that's where she like really started popping off and now she's like a global like sensation, yeah. right? Which I think is great. Like that's like such a good thing. But like I do have that urge to be like. Mm, I've been listening to Megan for years, everybody, like, fine, you know, right. you finally caught up, you know, but I kind of have to check myself about those things, because you're right, like, music is, 
communal, right? Like, you're not going to meet a lot of people that don't like music. You should probably not trust those people. I met one one time. I am still concerned about him. Yeah. yeah <laughs> me too. Yeah. And, like, so it, it's, it's, it's kind of, like, an interesting in, right? It is a shared experience. And you could talk about, like, different bands and, and, and all that stuff. And um, you can introduce people to music and, you know, you can be open to receiving recommendations as well. Like, it's, like, it's can be positive. It's the easiest thing to be positive about, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, for some reason, like, there's this desire to be just, like, incredibly negative about it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that, you know, when I say it's a personality type, I think it's, like, the people who do that, you can see them doing that with, like, everything. Like, yes. every time... You know, th- this is, like, my biggest turnoff for, like, any any kind of, like, relationship, no matter what the context is. Like, if you're, like, your way to participate in a conversation is let me find something to criticize. Let me cast about for something to whine about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested in spending time in that space. I'm not interested in spending time in, in that energy. I don't want to... No. No. Let's find good shit. Like, you can do that. Right. Like... People think that they're, that they are exercising some sort of power when they do that, when they're like, aha, I have figured out a clever new way to say that Beyonce sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, they think that they're, it seems like they think they're doing something that other people can't. Right. But it's like, okay, buddy, tell me about your favorite band. Right. Because I can do this all day and all night. Everybody can do this. Right. You're not offering anything special by just like coming up with criticism for, like, the shit that other people like. You're just being an asshole for the sake of... Like, you're just harming your own interpersonal relationships for no reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of me thinks that, like, genre designation is... I, I think it can be helpful, right? Like, especially the more granular we get with it. Like, there's so many... There's so many just genres of, like, rock, right? Right. Like, there's, like, math rock and grunge and like yep. alternative which is just such a, a term that I really hate a lot uh, alternative, <laughs> alternative rock because it's largely used to just describe like poppy-ish rock um, but mm. people don't want to call it that um, so they, they're saying oh it's not it's out of the mainstream but a lot of times it's actually god yeah people get so cagey about terminology yeah. you're like it it's made up it's not yes like, they'll like, be like oh I listen to alternative you'll be like oh you listen to pop rock and you just watch them squirm yeah. just like no right yeah exactly <laughs> but I do think that like you know since optimism has prevailed we, we, we are kind of um, getting to a point where we can at least those who are rational and good actors mm-hmm. can look at a piece of popular music and apply like the appropriate critique to it right like sometimes things can be good and popular mm-hmm. right like um billy eilish for example like um when we all fall asleep where do we go like her debut album it got pretty good reviews i i have my issues with it um i don't think it's perfect rocker but i do think it's really impressive like it's a really impress especially for somebody her age um and for somebody who is like having a debut record you know Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the most successful records that have come out in the last you know probably five to ten years right Mm -hmm. and she's kind of a cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. um but there's like that agreed upon understanding now between like music critics and like people that are consuming culture and like people again who are like acting in good faith like this is good this is good interesting music and we should celebrate that Mm -hmm. right it's i think we're kind of progressing slowly in the like right direction um but i do think that like as we branch off into our own kind of musical corners Mm -hmm. um 
it's going to kind of create its own problems too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to get in like the right mood before you listen to a record? Like if you know that some new album has come out, are you like, do you like save it until you're like, I am prepared to listen to this now? Or are you just like, yeah, throw it on? It depends on the artist, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm usually pretty open to taking a chance on anything at least once, um, Mm -hmm. for music. Um, it's interesting too, because I think like the way that we measure success Mm -hmm. and sales and music now is having a real effect on how projects are made, Mm -hmm. which is having a real effect on how I consume them or everyone consumes them. So for example, like we used to measure success about like record, like albums with like sales, right? Like this sold X amount of copies. People don't really buy physical media anymore unless it's, like, a vinyl. Um, right. They don't, they're not buying CDs or cassettes or whatnot. They're not purchasing albums on iTunes. Uh-huh. They're using Apple Music or Spotify or Tidal or Amazon Music or whatnot. Um, and so there's been, like, streaming equivalency of album sales. And that is largely measured through number of streams, not amount of time people spend streaming your Mm-hmm. And so I think that's created really bad incentives for artists to make really shorter songs, mm-hmm. longer albums, um, because they're getting paid per stream, not per minute mm-hmm. or second or, or whatnot. And so I think albums are kind of going away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think they'll always be there for sure. Um, but I, I would liken it to like how limited series or TV shows are kind of chipping away at the cultural capital of film. Mm. I think singles and music and or like musical singles and like how we consume music is chipping away at like a project. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. So that didn't answer your question, but like, just to <laughs> caveat that, um, I, I do think that like albums don't mean the same thing that they did mm. like even five years ago, which is yeah. kind of interesting, mm. right? I think there's more there's more incentive for people to just kind of slowly drip out single after single after single after single as opposed to just like here is yeah. my hard like work that I put like a year into you know um, right which is you know I think there's merits on on both sides of like whether or not that's good um, but depending on the artist like I'll, I'll listen to the record um, or the album or you know or, or what is you know whatever at least once um, usually when I'm listening to music like I'm uh, like most people, I'm sort of passively doing it, right? Like I'm working or I'm cooking or I'm walking or running mm. or, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, um, doing whatnot. There's not, there. I do participate in active listening of, of albums, especially for um, artists that I am really excited about. Or somebody, if, if I read like a really good rave about an album, like I, I definitely want to like, spend some time with it. So know? what do you mean by active listening? Do you, do you like, uh, get on a notebook and, like... <laughs> Good question. Do a close reading of an album? <laughs> Usually I, like, lay on my bed. Mm-hmm. Or, like, lay mm-hmm. on the couch and just let that be the thing that yeah. I'm, like, consuming, you know? Just make, like, a circle of fake flowers on the floor and just, like, <laughs> lay down in it. Just, like, <laughs> Jesus style. Right, a lot of candles. Just let yeah. Lana Del Rey speak to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, and, um... Yeah, so I, I don't do that often, but I don't think most people do, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's kind of mm-hmm. not how we... Um, the attention economy is at an all-time high, right? So, like, if you're listening to... If you have an album on the background, like, you're usually doing something else, right? right. Like, you're cooking, you're working, you're doing school, or, um, I don't know, mu- music, we, like, kind of 
consume passively a lot of the time. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it has become like lighting. It has become like wallpaper. Right. Yeah. Like, which is interesting to me because it's it's like there's a history there for that, mm-hmm. right? Like chamber music and like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, some some of the oldest like quote unquote classical music and like mm-hmm. the Western sense, right? Um, was written for like fancy people to just kind of like sit around and have dinner too. Yeah. Right. Um, and after it became secularized. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. Um, but like, so so it's it's interesting how, like, so much of the way that technology has like evolved has changed the way that we consume music from like okay i'm going to sit down and put on a vinyl record that was an activity that used to be an activity mm-hmm. people used to have listening parties right they would be like you know the new fucking zz top came out or whatever and you come over to my place and we'll all sit on like this weirdly orange couch in the garage mm-hmm. and we'll just like have beers and listen to an album right and talk about it and talk about right. it right and, like, now, if you invited people over to do that, you would either have to get this, like, weird, like, vintage hipster crowd that's, like, into that. Right. Which, like, to be clear, those are my people. I do like people like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is not a diss. But, or, most people would be like, what do you mean we're going to listen to an album? Right. Right? And what? And play a board game and eat right. dinner and go for a hike. Like, what do you... What are we actually doing? What is the activity? Right. Um, and it's just interesting how music has, like, transformed into, like, an accompaniment for what you're doing. And I think, honestly, it, it to me, it kind of relates a lot to the way that we, like, we experience life through kind of, like, the lens of, like, film and, like, video media a lot. Mm-hmm. Is, like, people use music as, like, I want to feel like I am in the music video for this thing, right? Right. Like, I listen to music when I run or I work out because it makes me feel like, oh, yeah, I'm like, you know, me and Kelly Clarkson are on the same page right now, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, and, like, it, it's sort of providing a soundtrack for, like, the, the mundane shit that you're doing in your life to the point where, like, it's so pervasive to the point where, like, I kind of can't imagine doing things in silence anymore. Like, I kind Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, you go into, like, a restaurant or a store or something and you feel like something's a little bit off and you realize there's no music playing and you're like, whoa. Yeah. This is bizarre. Right. Totally. Um, Totally. The experience of just, like, sitting in silence without talking to anybody, without reading something, just without music playing Mm. is, like, a novel experience now because music is so pervasive and so easy to access. Um, and it, it makes me kind of wonder, like, how many people who make music, like, like, I wonder how they conceive of that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, does Bruno Mars, when he sat down and, like, wrote an album, was he like, I need to make something for people to get drunk at weddings to? Right. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, is Imagine Dragons, like, we want to make a workout album. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're doing that. Yeah. I, like, what, what is the listening experience that they're writing for? That's what, I, that's what I kind of wonder. Is like, there's definitely people who are like, 
I made three hours of chill study music. That's what I did. Yeah. Right? There's people who are doing that very much on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see that kind of, like, evolve. There's that whole kind of side of things that people are, like... Yeah. We used to call it, like, elevator music, right? Mm-hmm. But there's people who are kind of leaning into that kind of, like, atmospheric way of consuming music. Totally. Yeah, no, I think the intention has changed, right? Like, they're... It's... And with all art, right? Because of because of the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Like, movies... You can kind of tell some indie movies are um, made with the intention of being screenshotable. Mm-hmm. They, they have, like, an Instagram aesthetic. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's the same with music. Some songs are literally purposefully made in order to trend on tiktok yes like that is a that is a economy yes it it is a it is a it it is an intention of some of these artists some of them are very good at it doja cat for example incredibly good at trending on tiktok and she Mm -hmm. knows exactly what makes a song special enough to do that Mm -hmm. right um or this is going to be a tiktok dancer this is going to be you know played in a uh, or this is going to be played on like some still you know ch- still uh, uh, or chill study vibes. Well, I'm having a hard time saying that uh, playlist or you know whatnot. Um, and so it's kind of removed the maybe a, li- a little bit of the artistic integrity mm-hmm. out of it, right? Um, because the motives are a little bit gray now. Right. Um, and I don't think that's the fault of the artists. I think that's the fault of just how we consume art now or consume media I should say Mm -hmm. and even when we do when we do have a when we do have experiences that are centered around music right like when we go to concerts the a lot of times the motivations of the people that are there are not pure either right like some people just go to festivals for the gram you know like they just they they go there to put a flower crown on um, yes and and post it on instagram right Uh, or make a tiktok out of it or or whatnot. Like, we're all kind of performing a lot. It That's true. And here's the thing. I do want to make a comment about those people. Uh. Because everybody has a comment about those people. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Like, going no, to I, do... No, I didn't mean that in a negative No, I, yeah. I, understand, yeah. I understand that. But, like, yeah. there's so many people that are, like, they just want to shit on people for taking a selfie. Because it was very popular for a minute. And this is a bit of a reversal. And I don't know if people are ready for it. It was trendy for a minute to shit on people for taking selfies. Yep. And it still is. It's still, it's a, But it's a dead trend now. And people are still trying to do it. Right. And I'm like, why are you doing This is literally just fashion. This is just like the fashionable thing to criticize. Right. What is your problem? What I will say is that there's some people who go to festivals and concerts and shit for the gram. Yeah. And they are, like, mad at everyone else for being in their shot. Yeah. They're mad at everyone else for being there. They're, yeah. They have this weird chip on their shoulder about, like, oh, I'm here to, like, be in the VIP and you're, like, near me with your, like, dirty, gross, not, like, sparkliness. Right. Um, and, like, that kind of person I do not get along with. Yeah. But I think, like, I think it seems to me like people have run into that kind of person and now they associate everybody in a flower crown with that kind of person. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up. I just want to wear a flower crown. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> what I think part of it, too, is that, like, we don't like... We don't like it when we see it. Like, we don't like right. to see the performance, right? Like, that's why people are very... Right. Like, people don't... Not a lot of people are making TikToks outside, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, some, some of them do, you know? Well, um, right. Some of them are shameless about it. Uh, well, and that's a good thing, right? Like, that's not... I'm not necessarily, like, saying that's a bad thing. But, like, for the most part, people are doing it in their car right. or in their house or, like, all these things because there's a level of, like, you don't want to see the, the BTS of it, right? Right. Like, you want to you wanna see the shiny, like, finished product and when we are reminded of those things Mm -hmm. 
it's a little bit unsavory, right? Like, it's like, ah, like, mm-hmm. she's going to post that on Instagram and thousands of people are going to like it. And, mm-hmm. like, I just watched this moment be captured. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, right. um, it's, it's a little weird. And, like, with, like, it would be weird, too, if, like, we were in Doja Cat's studio mm-hmm. and she was like, how, what do I, what beat do I need to use in order to, or what lyrics do I need to say in order to this, for this to make be a TikTok dance, you know? Right, right. I, I think, I don't know, there's there's this, just this association that people have with, like, this is this weird, like, teenager-y, like, girly bullshit. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I should hate on it. Like, every time you see, like you said, there are some people that are just, like, out making TikToks and they're just, like, on the street next to the grocery store or whatever, just, like, talking to a camera. Yeah. They just don't give a shit. And every time those people exist, there will be some fucking, like, classic rock dad that walks by and is like, you kids are always on your phones now. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) And, like, it's the same thing with, like, the way that, the way that people have these weird, like, personality associations with, with different genres of music. Like, that they just seem to not be able to let go. Like, I had somebody the other day um, uh, comment on a, a post that I made um, I, I can't remember who I was talking about. I was talking about some country artist. And um, they were, like, one of my followers on TikTok. And they were like, oh, you like country music? That's weird. You're smart. And I was like, let's have a conversation about that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, and, and we could have a whole, we probably should have a whole conversation about country music and what what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, But, like, there's just this, like, very superficial, like, when people talk about, for example, country music, they think that you're talking about, like, Toby Keith. They think that you're mm-hmm. talking about, like, Leonard Skinner. Keith Irwin. They yeah. think you're talking about, yeah, yeah, they think you're talking about top 40 country. Mm-hmm. And all that that represents. They think you're talking about Trump rally, the radio station. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's not, you know becoming a genre purist for a second that's mm. not country music right. that's you know technically in some senses like that can be referred to as country music and i don't want to be like we need know. to delineate the shades of gray right i don't i yeah. don't want to be a prescriptivist and say oh when people say country music and they're talking about that they're using the word country music wrong right. because like you know th- that's not how language works but like that's not that's not emblematic of like everything that that genre is yeah and it's not even close right right Um, and it's just so clear that if you have, if you just have this, like, social association with a genre of music, whether it's, like, pop or country or rap or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you've just, you've listened to, you know, 14 seconds of it enough to feel, oh, okay, this associates with this kind of person that I get to not like. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, the whole genre is trash, and anybody who likes it is trash, and anybody who associates with anybody who likes it is trash. And I can just shit on them no matter what. And this is like an automatic um, sort of corruption of your personality to admit that you're into fucking uh, Katy Perry or <laughs> like or country or whatever. Um, and it's exhausting to try and navigate. And I think that a lot of this kind of, like, hipsterism that we see where people are like, oh, I'm really into, you know, people go through this phase where they're like, I only listen to uh, math rock or whatever. Mm. Shout out to my ex. Um, 
<laughs> when people go through these phases where they're like, I will only listen to this one specific genre of music. I think very often part of why they're doing that is because they're trying to find something that they can like that does not bear these like social associations. Right. Right? Like so many high school guys go through this phase where they will only fucking listen to metal. They will not listen to anything else. And it's like, is this because you like this more than everything else and you can't stand listening to anything else? Or is this because you are so petrified of being associated with like whatever the social implications of liking this other thing are that you've just like pigeonholed yourself into this one thing? Yeah. Yeah, people... I, I think on top of that, too, people don't like to be reminded of the umbrella of where their music comes from. Right. Or the origins. Right. Like, you can draw a... Like, country music is black music, right? Mm-hmm. Rock music is black music, right? Like, it's all, it's all... It all comes from, like, our umbrella... Like, our traditional umbrella of, like, jazz, mm-hmm. which is black music, right? And, like, people get very, very upset when you a call that out but b when you try to um you you try when you try to explain to them that like the thing that they don't like is also part of this like familiar familial group of music that they do like right Mm -hmm. for example there was like a rock festival i think in like liverpool like seven years ago i remember so there was such such a stupid discourse about this um and kanye west was going to headline and there was like a such an idiotic conversation about how rap isn't rock, and it like literally is. <laughs> <laughs> like very definitionally, like you can draw a line between like Chuck Berry and Kanye West, like mm-hmm. pretty pretty easily, you know. Um, and people just don't have that level of education, and they don't they don't have that. It, which I'm, it, it, there's a lot of accessibility issues with that too, right? Like and. and Music should be accessible, but, like, if you're not good, if you don't know what you're talking about, like, don't talk about it, you know what I mean? And if you don't know, like, if, if you can't, um, if, if you have such a, like, narrow view of what a type of music is, <laughs> then, like, you really need to broaden your horizons. Country is a really, really good example. Because, mm-hmm. and I do think we're kind of going through a little bit of a country renaissance, yeah. you know? Um, which is really exciting, and I think there's, um... There's a lot of interesting artists out there. There's a lot of gay country artists now. There's, um, uh, you know, uh, people of color who are uh, kind of reclaiming country, which is great. Um, and that's kind of always been happening, but, like, um, it's kind of coming to the fore a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think that the country music community at large is going to have to reel with that a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey Musgraves is a really good example of somebody who is... Um, maybe a bit progressive and out about her politics or her politics um, and country music, traditional country music radio stations will not play her music. Right. Um, and so, you know, I don't think that helps with like how people kind of view country TM, you know, like right. pop country. Um, but like you, it's out there. Like the information is out there for you and, and you can, you can listen to it. The barriers are really low, but you just have to kind of work a little bit. Like you have to try to find it. Right. Right. And people are just unwilling to do that. Like they have, they have their preconceived notions about what something is and it's problematic. Like it's not, it's not, it's not great to like associate like an entire fan group with something that is just like not, not what it is. Right. And it's interesting too with like how (laughs) there's so many like bands that are just like 
so hated um, yeah. on online like that that, that like just, Nickelback like Nickelback <laughs> right yeah exactly like, like the traditional like butt rock bands right like Creed or like Nickelback I'm sorry yeah. butt rock butt rock if we're calling it that yeah where the what I don't know where the origin came from I've like, never heard this term it has like the has like that you know what I'm talking about like that I grungy don't. like that grungy like early aughts rock sound like like what's his face from Creed like yeah right yeah. okay um like the buzz ballads infomercial where you can buy the CD box set right Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so Nickelback's a good example of butt rock, but also like, like, but <laughs> no, I can't. No, I think you're. I think I'm you're not lying. This up. <laughs> but also, like, so everybody hates Nickelback, right? But they sell out every arena fucking tour that they they do. Which is what? Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. It, uh, this conversation is going all over the place. Are you about to be a, a Nickelback conspiracy theorist? No, 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 no. This is the. This is just one of those things. Every so often. You are just, like, hit with, like, the enormity of humanity. Yeah. Right? Like, one of the th- one of the things that does that for me is, like, Black Friday. I don't know a single person that shops on Black Friday mm-hmm. as, like, a regular thing. Like, right. actually goes out to the, these, like, 4 a.m. sales or 6 p.m. Thanksgiving night sales or whatever. Right. I don't know anybody that does that. I don't know anybody that, like, knows anybody that does that, that I know of. I'm sure I'm a couple degrees of separation from somebody that does. Mm-hmm. But, like... No one I've ever spoken to, right, about it mm-hmm. has ever admitted to me that they go out and they shop on Black Friday. Right. And almost everybody that I know has worked retail and they're like, I'm no way, no the fuck way, I'm yeah. not. Right? I don't think I've ever met a human being that's like, yeah, I go out and I shop on Black Friday. And yet it is the biggest shopping day of the year. Mm. There's this whole <laughs> category of people that is, like, economically dominant that I don't know, right? And the only way I know they exist is by looking at the data of, like, how many people go out and, like, shop on Black Friday. If it wasn't shopping on Black Friday, if it wasn't this publicly visible thing, if it was, like, you know, um, wears purple bathrobes or some shit like that, right? I don't know. Like, some other, something that's actually weird. Like... (laughs) I would have no idea that this whole category of people exists, and yet it's the majority. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a majority, but, like, it's it's an economically dominant category of people. And, like, Nickelback is one of those things. Is like, it's a meme to hate Nickelback. Yeah. It is, you can walk into a room and, like, joke about how liking Nickelback is, like, dumb and for sissies. Yeah. And everybody will laugh. Mm-hmm. Everybody will laugh. Nobody will be like, I like Nickelback. What are you talking about? Right. No, it, like, even if somebody who likes we Nickelback... We have pushed the Nickelback fans right. into the closet. Even like. if somebody <laughs> likes Nickelback, they will be like, no, I know the jokes. I get the jokes. The jokes are funny. Right, right. You know what I mean? But, like... And and yet, still, they're a successful fucking band. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the, where are all these Nickelback fans at? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and it's just like, it's just wild to think that like this many people are like in such a, in such a, um, to all appearances, minority on the internet. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, they, they have like the economic power to keep this fucking, like to keep a major band afloat, which is like not small, right? Right. It's not a small feat to sell out arenas across the country. I think if you want to get ahead of the curve, like, starting to like Nickelback is probably going to be, like, the hipster... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like, 
I do mean this for real. Like, I think Nickelback t-shirts are going to be the Rolling Stone t-shirts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they're that now. I think they're getting there now. I think it's like... like, Classic rock stations play Green Day. Travis, (laughs) don't hurt my feelings like that. (laughs) Can I tell you, the only CD I have ever purchased was Um, American Idiot. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> do you want to leave <laughs> I am not a Green Day fan but I support you good for you like <laughs> specifically that record I'm I'm, I'm actively against um, but uh, yeah I, I've never gotten it with Green Day but yeah no they that is like they were a huge band when we were kids but you know, like, it's the classic rock now which is wild yeah it's it's, weird. it's odd yeah. it's 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 crazy yeah it's you're crazy listening to like ACDC with like you know fucking Weezer on the classic rock stage. Oh my god. Did we did we see Weezer? Was that a thing? We did not see Weezer. I would love to see Weezer. I saw Weezer at Fiddler's Green with somebody. Oh James? God. Was it James? I think it was James. I don't know. Yeah, it was Ugh. James. Oh yeah, it was James because it was a double feature. It was Weezer and it was Panic at the Disco. Oh. It was a good show. I'm not a Panic at the Disco fan either. It was a good show though. I bet it was. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um... Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, shit on you. How dare. <laughs> We're yeah. being so gatekeepy on the music podcast. No. Yeah, I, like, I, I'm with you, too. It, it is with the, the enormity of humanity is a good way to put it. Um, yeah. With, like, Nickelback or, like, or with, like, and I think part of it is, like, being um, chronically online, like you and I are, um, mm-hmm. where, like, so many people, like, during the election, for example, were, like, how is it that Mitch McConnell is, like, 40 points ahead in his Senate race? And it's like, well, because right. he's a Republican in Kentucky. Right. And Those like, people everybody exist. hates him. And it's the, like... Right. <laughs> Those people exist, you just don't talk to them. Right. And it's like, I don't know, it's it's wild to think about how there's all of these sort of just, like, completely different groups of people, completely different, like, like just these, like, overlapping layers of social groups that just, like, don't even interact. Right. That, yeah. that just exist simultaneously occupying the same spaces and people will say something like nobody likes Mitch McConnell or nobody likes Nickelback and nope lots and lots of people do lots and lots and lots and lots of people do um and it's like you know how how (laughs) you know it's it's kind of a it's kind of a lightweight thing to talk about it in terms of like music but then you'll have conversations with people in like conservative areas for example who are like oh there are no trans people in my town Mm. and it's like Okay, I, I think that's false. Statistically inaccurate. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's false. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I had a, I had a, um, uh, I was dating this guy from Romania once for a while, and I asked him one time. He was, he was kind of a, I mean, he's a douchebag in a lot of ways. <laughs> but I was, I was talking to him. I was like, what is so like, what is the state of LGBT rights in Romania? Like, what, where, where is that like at culturally? Yeah. In your home country. And he was like, there are no gay people in Romania. And I was like, huh. And he was like, why is that funny? And there's just not. And I was like, oh. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, that tells me what I need to know (laughs) about you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And it, I mean, part of what has created that, right, is like algorithmic. Uh, environments that we live in right like whether it be music or social media or whatnot like it's it's all designed to like put us securely in our own bubble right and 
when somebody else's bubble rubs up a little closer to yours, mm-hmm. there's like an immediate defense mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I think a lot of the genre gatekeeping and um, anger and, and all that stuff comes with. But I do think there are like, I think it would be a net positive um, for the music industry, or it is a net positive, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, with the advent of the internet. For a while it wasn't, right? Like with Napster and LimeWire and like how we were mm-hmm. you know, kind of consuming music and I'm glad that we were able to fix that largely, right? Um, with streaming services. It's not perfect by any means mm-hmm. and a lot of them are not um, really favorable to artists, um, particularly small ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there's more access than ever yeah, before. For right? sure. Um, and there's more opportunity to like listen to somebody that you have never even heard of and, yeah. um, and take a chance on, on, you know, like different things. And, um, it's good. Yeah. It's a, it's a good thing, but I think our vehicles of finding those things are kind of diminishing as the access grows. You think so? So what's interesting to me is like, um, I think you're, you know, you're, you're definitely right in some ways. Like I'll, 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 I'll defer to your much broader expertise than mine. You listen to way more music than me, but like, I think what's also interesting to see is, like, how much so many, like, technological platforms have made it possible for, like, smaller artists to, like, do all right. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I mean by do all right is not necessarily reach, like, fucking Beatles-level fucking stardom. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, in the 60s, right? 70s, in, in the, like, big fucking, like, rock era, mm-hmm. right? the way you got music, like we talked about, was you had to buy it at a record store or you had to hear it on the radio. Mm-hmm. You had to tap into one of these massive, massive pipelines that had to have enough of a following to have the reach to get to fucking the outskirts of Milwaukee or whatever, right? But now, like, you can find somebody who's just, like, writing weird fucking uh, trance beats in their living room right? Or in their bedroom. And, like, you you can just find that now. And, like, it, it really, it kind of feels like, I think for a lot of people it feels like, oh, this is, like, a, this huge change in the way that music is distributed. But, like, if you look at it from the perspective of kind of, like, the evolution of folk music, I think it's really kind of a return. Like, we went through this phase where in order to make it as a musician, you needed to reach fucking god-like stardom. You needed to be so famous. You needed to be literally a household name. Yeah. But, like, that's not how music has been for most of human history, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for most of human history, music has been, hey, I made this weird thing that makes a sound. Let's, like, jam. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Right? In the village or whatever. Right? And you just, people would just, like, you know people's grandma would just like play the flute (laughs) you know that was just a thing is like um people there there was a time when like part of your like education was you would just like learn to sing or you would learn the piano or you would Mm. learn whatever and people would just be like oh let's go into the parlor and you know obviously this is a certain class of people but like oh let's go into the parlor and listen to you know um caroline sing the latest whatever and that was how you distributed music was like people just could make music Mm. right and it it seems like the way that we're accessing music now is kind of we're kind of moving a little bit back to that where in the 90s 
unless somebody thought somebody around you thought that you had this like cosmic talent, you would be discouraged. Mm. It was like you needed to be an absolute prodigy. Yeah. In order to get right. Mm. In order to get like any kind of encouragement into this thing unless you had you know like a really good good network of adults right Mm. um but now it's just like there's there's way more space for this experimentation there's way more kind of like you can be like the local like person on your side of the internet that's doing this like weird thing with like sound mixing Mm. right and you don't need to appeal to 50 million people you can appeal to 50 people right and maybe that doesn't become your full-time living, but you can still do it. Like you have enough reach and you have enough demand that like you can have an interaction with an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. I think TikTok is participating in that a lot. Yeah. I think that if folk music is like, you know, a tradition of like borrowing and, and sort of remixing melodies and, and rhythms and things like that, I think TikTok is like folk filmmaking. Mm. right it's like these trends will start and they'll like be remixed they'll be reimagined they'll be like rehashed and then like it will kind of like travel but it's not traveling because you have the same one thing the same one record that's like being scooched around it's traveling because people are hearing about it and reinterpreting it and retelling it yeah yeah it's a good point yeah tiktok's a good example of like it's so weird to me how certain songs just like off like like there like there was a pop song from a person who's relatively known but like this song was like not big at all when it came out in like 2013 it was becky g singing in the shower and it became like a viral tiktok dance in 2020 mm-hmm. and i was like this is such an ancient like relic of pop <laughs> music and i don't how did somebody dig it up and find it you know right. or mitski who is certainly not like outside of them well maybe a little outside of the mainstream um but her song Nobody, which came out like three years ago, mm-hmm. um, on the album Be the Cowboy, which I definitely recommend, by the way. Um, great record, but like it became a TikTok meme, and now like everyone knows who Mitski is, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's just really interesting to me, and I think you make a good point. Like it, de- it depends on what you view as success, right? Or like what what you um, uh, what your what your goal is with your with your art, right? Um, I think what what kind of gives me pause about it is. Um, when we further kind of entrench ourselves in our own corners of the internet, mm-hmm. um, we sort of solidify our viewpoint about other things. Yeah. Um, so, for example, with, like, the country music, right? Like, if you're only on the K-pop side of, like, you know, music internet, right? Right. Um, and you have this, like, really kind of negative view, view about country music, there's not really many vehicles for you to enter into what I would consider quality music. Like, that person mm-hmm. is not going to be able to access the high women for example mm-hmm. without somebody like shoving it down their throat right and that is certainly a a, a a way that like people can you know remediate um and you can learn like I've, I've learned to like country music by people showing me good country music right, right. um but um you have to have like <laughs> you know the conditions have to be right for that and sometimes right. the conditions aren't right for that like we like to surround ourselves with people who are like us right mm-hmm. um and a lot of times that includes music and i'm not saying i'm like you know um you know people are individual and they have their different tastes and i certainly like music that a lot of my friends don't listen to right like i don't know not a lot of my friends are listening to you know Mahler's fifth symphony on the reg you know um but you know it's just i i worry that like those channels that i don't know if they existed before right um but i do think um 
they have the, we have the opportunity to kind of create these pipelines through our musical ecosystem mm-hmm. and I think they're kind of blocked right now yeah yeah I guess you're kind of right I think that this is where a lot of like crossovers kind of come in right yeah crossovers are like the the thing right now yeah everybody you know if you want to have some sort of reach on like Instagram or Redbubble or what the fuck ever right just like reimagine Disney princesses with like a different theme like like what if like uh famous like tennis players but Marvel superheroes <laughs> right you know what I mean right. um and so I think that that's this kind of, these kind of like bridges that you're talking about they are like few and far between for sure right mm. but I think that there are some situations where people are like hey you know this like um um this person who's doing like both rap and country on the same album and sometimes in the same song is like, whoa, like this is a new thing. This is a new feeling. This fucking slaps. Mm-hmm. Right. And there will all, this will like so quickly divide the purists from the people who are like actually interested in like a new experience. Mm-hmm. Right. In progress. And yeah. I do use purist as like a pejorative. Like, mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, and so maybe maybe what we need is like um, a uh, country and Blackpink crossover. Maybe that's what we need. Oh, you know I, what I mean? I'm here for it. Let's go. Right? <laughs> what is what is that happening? <laughs> right? And I, I think a lot of people would would you know um, lose their shit over that. But like, there's you know, like you said, there's you're exactly right. There's a lot of people that are like, I want a known quantity. Mm, right. I want the the mood that I know I want I want that mm-hmm. now and that, that kind of kind of goes back to that question I asked you before about like do, when you listen to an album do yeah. you like have to psych yourself up for it do you have to like get into a headspace for it because I very much do right especially over the course of the quarantine I was like there are there's so much music that I wanted to listen to but I was like I don't I can't schedule a depression for yeah, today tough tough music that came out right like I haven't like I think Hozier came out with an album like two years ago and I literally haven't listened to it yet mm-hmm. because I was like I'm gonna save this for a time when I know that I am emotionally uh, have time to process it mm-hmm. right because it's going to make me feel feelings right um yeah I guess I never did answer your question so I apologize about that but how I, dare I, I um <laughs> Yeah, I guess it depends. I think people don't want to, um, and I don't, I don't mean this in a negative way per se, but I don't think people really want to be challenged, you know, mm-hmm. when they're listening to music. Maybe sometimes it kind of depends on the mood, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's the same reason that, like, nobody wanted to watch Nomadland um, or, like, Promising Young Woman or mm-hmm. uh, Minari um, last year during the Oscar season, you know? It's because those are really heavy things and we're dealing with heavy problems in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It kind of depends. I, I, I guess it kind of depends on the mood I'm in or, or um, my mental capacity or, uh, you know, like anything like that. But sometimes I think what what we kind of crave, like, psychologically when we're listening to music is, like, less content and more um, more known quantity, right? Like, we, we want 4-4 four, four time upbeat mm-hmm. major key known chord progression right i mean this is why this is why pandora took the fuck off right exactly it's like people were like this this the way that this song makes me feel Mm -hmm. more of that please right which is why i have that fucking like 
uh, Pandora station from 2005 that's like death cab for cutie yeah. <laughs> and like all that shit because like this is the feeling I wanted to have when I was walking across campus <laughs> right yeah. well I think but like if you there's some artists that are really good at doing that but then if you t- really kind of pay attention to the lyrics like it's some pretty interesting ideas or some mm-hmm. heavy stuff right like I when I listened to Chromatica Lady Gaga's newest record I was like yeah this fucking slaps Lady Gaga dance album mm-hmm. and then I listened to it the second time and I was like is Lady Gaga okay has anybody <laughs> checked on her like <laughs> is she alright um, right. and she I think she has a particular knack for that but like, I think there's a lot of artists that um, can do that I think most notably um, and I think people may not want to call this an album nor would they want to call it a movie i would call it both but bo burnham's inside he's an incredible songwriter um Mm -hmm. those songs some of them are pretty funny and they're pretty upbeat but they're also interesting they have really interesting (laughs) ideas and they're also depressing as hell yeah right yeah um like when he's singing about like it's really meta and like when he's singing about comedy um and it's like a funny funny song but like and he's singing about am i making a difference um, making a different or making a little literal difference metaphorically mm-hmm. like that's a funny lyric and a criticism of the internet mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like uh this sucks <laughs> you know what I mean like right. um like with the more that you you know think about it so right. um I, I don't know it kind of depends on like I think we have the ability to switch on and off our maybe our critical minds and our um and our intellectual minds like yeah. I can still enjoy listening to chromatica and like dance around my house to it, right? Mm-hmm. But also, I can acknowledge that like Lady Gaga went through a really, really kind of tough artistic reckoning when yeah. she like made this record, and and I hope that she's all right. And there, there's a lot of emotion kind of put into it, mm-hmm. and so not every like project is going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, some are just going to be pure um, emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think you're right. Like you do have to be kind of in a in an okay headspace in order to um, actively listen to it again, right? Like that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like I can passively listen to Phoebe Bridgers, right? Mm-hmm. And it is a known quantity to me now because like I've listened to that record so many times, mm-hmm. and so I can put it on the background and I can hum along to it, and it is okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can also I know what she's singing about, and I I know what um, you know what the content is, and it can. It can be a lot. It can be emotionally draining. Right, right, right. I, I think music is is um, is interesting because it's like it, it hits so many different people in so many different ways because there are so many layers to think about. Mm-hmm. Right. There's some people that are like they care a lot about the lyrics. I'm I'm one of those people. Right. Mm-hmm. That I'm like I don't you know. It, if, if a song is, like, beautifully produced and somebody explains that to me, mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. But mostly, um, I'm just like, damn, that was a hell of a phrase. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I listen to music and the lyrics are bad, I kind of, like, can't deal with it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, God, that, like, the, like the songs from The Witcher are bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it, but I just can't. Anyways. Is that the Netflix show, The Witcher? Yes. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> We're this. No, I didn't know that was a. I've, I've never. I didn't. I don't know anything about this. Oh, they're not good. Are you gonna Anyways, get canceled if we keep it in? I am, but okay. any, but <laughs> there's just there's just a lot of songs that I'll I'll listen to, and I'm like, you phoned in these lyrics. Yeah. Like, hailstorm. Mm-hmm. I you know, if if you like hailstorm, good for you. I'm happy for you. I'm so glad that you're enjoying something. But like, then there's some people that they are they are a sound person 
they're mm-hmm. like, I really don't care what they're saying in this song. I just want to bob my head to a fun noise. Right. You know what I mean? And like that t- perfectly valid way to listen to music. Like I still have that Odessa CD that mm-hmm. you gave me fucking seven years ago. And yeah. that's the only CD in my car. And like it slaps. The, it does. Yeah. And the lyrics are literally nonsense. Right. Yeah. Like they literally just chopped up a real sentence so that it does not make sense anymore. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and I think that that's really cool and really interesting. Um, but then you, you know, I think there's a lot of people who listen to kind of like pop music and like, you know, all of the, the, the whole pop web, the mm. sort of like top 40 web. I think that people who listen to music in that way, where they're really in it for just the overall sound, like the overall mm. feeling, they're not getting granular about like, oh, isn't it interesting what they're doing with like the theremin over here? They don't give a shit. They're just like the, oh, the whole basket together the the sound experience of this song is what I care about. Yeah. Um, no, you're totally right. I, I'm so I'm the opposite of you. Um, <laughs> like I like I, I kind of and maybe it's just like how I like you know played music and like consumed music when I was like young. But I'm definitely a like instrumental first like mm-hmm. you know person. Like a, a really good example that's just like top of mind for me is like Britney Spears's. If you see gamey, mm-hmm. um, stupid fucking song. Like just like dumb lyrics. Like doesn't make sense. It's like a it's a play on um, f u c k me, mm-hmm. um, and it's the, the lyrics are nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but it's incredibly well produced. Like mm-hmm. and it fucking slaps. And like you can really hear the intricacies of like all of the instrumentals kind of like working together, and then her vocal on the top, and like all of the harmonies. And like I'm somebody that like really really like can nerd out and appreciate like mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. um but yeah you're right there's it is later like people the, the first th- first impressions kind of make or break a lot of projects too i think mm-hmm. like there's not a lot of people that are willing to give a few listens to something to kind of like yeah give it cultural critique which is fair i mean we have a limited amount of time <laughs> you know right yeah not everybody has time to like drill down into the things that they like that much right. and like or especially the ones that they don't really like Especially yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. There's mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is how I felt about metal when I was uh, younger. Before I liked it, mm-hmm. it was one of those things like IPAs or weed <laughs> 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 that you'll tell somebody that you don't like it, and they'll be like, "No, no, you just need to find the kind that works for you, yeah. right?" They're like, "Oh, I'll just make you try fourteen different kinds of it this afternoon instead of whatever you actually wanted to do, and right. then you will find the one that you really like." And, like, I was, you know, eventually, I I won't say, I wouldn't say that I did that. I wouldn't say that that's, like, how I came about, like, liking that particular genre of music. But, like, you can't expect people to, like, do homework to, to, to like a thing for their, like, leisure activity. Right. You know what I mean? It's, like, I'm not going to put in the work to enjoy first-person shooters. Right. I'm not good at them right now. Mm -hmm. And... That is because I did not spend, you know, my summers as a kid getting good at them. Right. And so I can't play them competitively. I can't play them to a level that it's fun for me. And so I don't like them. And people will be like, you just need to get good at them. And I'm like, I don't need to do that, actually. Right. And, like, this is true, this is true for the way that people consume music, too. It's like, oh, you just haven't heard, like, the, the version of this that's cool. And it's like, you need to bridge that gap for people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can, and that's what's cool. When people are like, oh, country, I hate country, gross. I'm like, talk to me about why, though. Mm. Because I bet it's because you have 
heard like this bullshit and this bullshit and this bullshit and all of that is is garbage because it's Trump rally music. Right. Um but have you heard Amethyst Kia? Have you heard Coulter Wall? Mm-hmm. Right? Um have you heard Lydia Ortega? Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, what the hell is that? And then, you know, you can point things out to them. You can be like, look at what she's doing with this. Look at what he's doing over here. Can you believe that this kid was 21 years old? Doesn't he sound like a 60-year-old that's been smoking for 40 years? Right. <laughs> right? Um, which is what you want for country, right? Which is what you want. <laughs> right. Which is what Culture Wall does very, very well. Right. <laughs> um, and you can, you can, like, point these things out to people, and, and you help them, like, appreciate the thing you can like share an experience you can share an understanding Mm -hmm. and that's how you build that you don't just like give somebody homework right and i think people people think that an appreciation of something just happens organically that you just like you know if you just listen to something long enough you'll eventually figure out things to like about it and like sure i guess Mm -hmm. but what you can do is like actually actively share that with people right um, instead of just telling them that their music sucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely agree. Yeah, everyone needs to chill out. Right? Yes, yeah. basically. But... <laughs> everybody needs to put on an NUC CD right. and... <laughs> yeah, put on an NUC CD. Everyone can agree on that. Yeah. Everybody just, like, put on a Celtic Woman CD. <laughs> Um, Celtic Woman is one of those things that nobody's nobody's ever given me shit for liking Celtic Woman. Um, I have a feeling that if I dived deep enough into like the the Celtic folk music world, I would definitely find people that are like a Celtic Woman. You mean the Disney version right. of Celtic music, which like I listen to both. Right. right. Like I really love like this fucking like record that they made fifteen copies of in like nineteen seventy six that was just like some like you know, dulcimer festival or whatever. Like, I am very into that. Um, Very into this, like, historical music and, and, like, learning about all of the history behind it and all of that stuff. But I'm also very into, like, wow, look at the spinny dress. Oh, my God. Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The lighting design. (laughs) Right. Like, remember that time we saw Celtic Women at Red Rocks? Oh, that was perfect. And there (laughs) Bagpipe, all it all just like went dark. I don't know why bagpipes affect me this way. I think it's just like a it's neurological thing. It's like forty five percent of your personality. I don't, dude. Honestly, if the lighting just like cut out after this one song, and there's like a silence, and everybody's like milling around, just like oh, something's gonna happen. It's like the excitement is just palpable, uh-huh. right? And then. If you don't know, if, if people don't know, Red Rocks is this, like, natural, like, amphitheater that's, like, in a, the side of some fucking mountains. Mm-hmm. And so it's surrounded by these, like, you know, rocky outcroppings. Yeah. And the, so there's this, like, you know, 50-foot-high fucking, like, Mufasa-style, like, <laughs> cliff-type thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's just bagpipes. And then a spotlight goes on on the hill. And there's just, like, a dude standing on this fucking thing he just climbed and playing the bagpipes. And I almost fainted. <laughs> You're hanging on for dinner. <laughs> you not. No. <laughs> you always did not survive that. I literally just yelled no and just like like everybody you know your reaction was like raw when like the people around you that you don't know are like kind of giggling at you. <laughs> like, but it's just like, you know, sometimes music is like sometimes you can enjoy music because you're like, wow, I really thoroughly understand like what's going on here and that's really interesting and sometimes you can enjoy music because it's like oh this just gave me like a visceral like yeah. gut feeling right yeah. right um, and that's okay like that's that's part of why like 
I think that's a big part. This is not a dig at, at K-pop, but I, I think it's a big part of why people like K-pop mm-hmm. is there are production values. Oh yeah. Like the 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 girls, the K-pop girls are dancing. The American girls don't Holy dance shit. anymore. But they're those girls are dancing their ass off. I'm concerned. <laughs> the level of athleticism is yeah. like it's the same thing that I think when I see like Olympic gymnasts. Yep. I'm like, I hope they're actually enjoying doing right. this. Yeah. <laughs> because like this is a feat that I am witnessing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and there's like 15 of them sometimes. It's great. Yes. Like <laughs> But like the music videos are popping, like the songs have like good beats, you know, like it's like it's there's a lot to like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and I totally understand why it's just it's they're it's the same phenomenon with the guy in the back ride but Red Rocks, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just kind of overcoming you. It's like a it's right. a fun se- sensation. It might not be very deep. You know what I mean? But right. like, it's just like, holy shit, that guy is on a rock and there's right. a light and it's a bagpipe. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. theatrical. It's like a water slide. It's like, wee, you right. know? And, and, right. and like, that's fine. It's fine to let music affect you that way. Right. And some people lo- love to shit on, on that feeling. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you, why are you so adamantly against happiness? Like, what, <laughs> what's your problem? Like, if you would, you know, sometimes, sometimes I have had success with, like, talking to people about this, where I've been like, you know, if you would just, like, unclench your butthole, and, like, Mm -hmm. for a second, and just, like, allow yourself to actually enjoy this music on this, like, fucking, like, childish level, and quit thinking about, like, what people will think if they see you enjoying it, right? your literal entire life would be better. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> instead of just, like, shitting on whether or not it's real metal or whatever, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I think there is more openness now, too, for people to... Because because online communities have been created, I do think this is a positive, that there is a little bit more openness to um, what you would view as, like... Like, of, of somebody kind of coming out of the closet, per se, of liking mm-hmm. a certain artist, right? Mm-hmm. You do, like, you can... Like, what you mentioned earlier, like, there, sometimes people will, like, look at somebody and have a preconceived notion about the music that they listen to, mm-hmm. but sometimes, like, those are, those are really off, right? Like, I watched a, a TikTok yesterday, and this guy had tattoos, like, head to toe, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I got my, like, I got a new tattoo today, it was, like, really meaningful for me. He's, like, super buff guy, mm-hmm. um, with, like, you know, upside down crosses all over his body. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, a tiny little boot on his leg, and it was, like, this is my Shania Twain tattoo. Like, like yes. great, good for you. This is amazing. Like, <laughs> rep all the boys of like each Shania Twain, you know. Um, and so I, th- I think that's kind of there's created a little bit more openness, right? Mm-hmm. To like, um, to kind of like things a little bit more publicly. And again, that kind of comes with caveats, right? Like, I think it's a big reason why, and this perhaps is a different conversation that we should have another point. But I think it's a big reason why people kind of conceal their identities online now in mm-hmm. such a big way mm-hmm. is that like they want to very publicly like some something and they don't want yeah. to like have to deal with like a lot of the blowback that that entails mm-hmm. right and also they don't want to be doxxed um which I totally get but like um stand pages like you don't know who necessarily runs them right mm-hmm. but like they they can kind of spar with people and they they, they don't have to worry about like it being, there's kind of a degree of separation away from that. Right? Yeah. Like, you're yeah. not, you are not, you're assuming an identity of, like, a stand page. You are not it. You don't internalize it. Right. Um, which is, like, maybe I kind of went on, like, a deep thread there. Um, but, like, <laughs> but I, there, there is, like, kind of openness there, but I do think, like, 
I don't know, we're kind of playing a little bit of a, of a uh, um, kind of whack-a-mole game with, like, you know, um, how people can enjoy things online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I don't know if we'll ever kind of get to a, get to a constant, um, especially with, with music, but I, I hope that the internet has created an, a net positive. I don't know if it has. I think that's kind of up for mm-hmm. debate, but I think in some instances, like the one I just described, like, it can be, right? Like, people, yeah. people can have... People can be a little bit... There's more openness to liking certain things um, that are maybe kind of considered um, not in line with a person's preconceived notion about you. Yeah. 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 So... Shut the fuck up. Just listen to some music. Do you have music recommendations for the book <laughs> Yeah. Um, should we should we talk about where we're standing this week? Is it going to be music? Yeah, we can do music. Three, three music recs each. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. I'll go first. All right. Should we go back and forth? Yes. Okay. Okay, so here's my first one. Okay. My first one is uh, Christopher Tin. Oh, I'm Christopher stealing, Tin! I'm stealing, ah! I'm stealing classical music from each other. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. Um, Christopher Tin famously wrote all of the music for uh, Sid Meier's Civilization, I believe, six. Right. It was. Um, he also uh, produced an album called... Um, what was it called? One drop, something. Uh, uh, the drop that contained the, the drop. Sea. The drop that contained the sea. The drop that contained the sea, which is uh, like these absolutely just like lofty choral pieces. Yeah. In like every language, like each piece is in a different language. Yeah. Um, it's about... a tone poem about the water cycle. Sorry. Yes, yeah. it's, it's about yeah. the water cycle, which is real, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Case number one. <laughs> God. <laughs> It's an incredible piece. Oh, yes. I love the drop that contains the sea. Yes, I love all of all of Chris Richards' work. Pretty much yeah. everything. Like he he blends like like folk music, like like traditional music, so well with this just these just like enormous like orchestral vibes. Right. Um, and it's really like holy shit. Yeah. It, it like if you want to feel the way that you feel when you watch The Prince of Egypt, yeah, listen to Christopher. Tim. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, one of the things from Civilization Four or whatever it's called um, is a song called Baba Yetu, which is the Lord's Prayer in Swahili, mm-hmm. and it fucking rules. It's amazing. Watch if, if you want. <laughs> to get Travis drunk, you don't need to give him alcohol. You need to play Baba Yetu. Oh my god. He will lose it. <laughs> it does something to my body. I don't know what it is. Like, uh, yeah. Is it the same thing that happens to me when I hear bagpipes? <laughs> yes. Um, my first one would be... Um, well, actually, on uh, a few weeks ago, we got a lot of good records. Uh, a lot of good, good albums. Came out on my birthday, actually. Um, but uh, one of those great albums that came out on that day was Tyler the Creator's Call Me If You Get Lost mm-hmm. um, which is hip hop um, rap record uh, by Tyler the Creator um, really 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 uh, really good stuff I think it's his best project to date for sure um, yeah I mean I, it's incredibly well produced like he I think has the, one of the strongest lyricism games in rap right now um, which is no small feat. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of pretty, pretty brilliant um, songwriters, um, I would say, in that space. And um, he kind of manages to do his own thing, what kind of, like, ping homage to, like, people that have come before him and um, 
also kind of ebbing and flowing through like different identities and assuming different characters it's like really kind of complex and and um really interesting and i think this album is a really good culmination of those efforts by him um and it's just like fun to listen to mm. like it's super mm -hmm. fun to listen to really um really interesting stuff and like kind of similar to what i was talking about like with the, <laughs> the lady gaga record chromatica like um really upbeat and like really slaps but also like when you start listening to the lyrics, you're like, oh my god, this is uh, some heavy stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I recommend. It's really, really good. Mm. Yeah. Um, my next one is going to be Rhiannon Giddens. Mm. Are you familiar? Have I shown you Rhiannon Giddens? I don't you think so. This person? Okay, so Rhiannon Giddens, I think it's out of North Carolina. Uh -huh. And she does... Um, she, she does a lot. She does everything. Like, she's done pretty much everything in her career, but, um, she does a combination of kind of, like, early American, like, European-influenced folk music, as well as, like, African-influenced folk music, because mm. she, like, has both backgrounds, like, I think she's, like, half Irish and, like, half, um, of, like, African descent. Oh. And so she's, like, blending all of these, like, musical traditions and, like, doing all of this, like, really interesting shit with, like, kind of, like, trying to recapture the the roots of, like, what I guess we would consider to be, like, bluegrass or country. Huh. Which, you know, to your point earlier, is black music. Right, right. Like, the banjo was developed from the accounting, which is, like, a West African instrument. Mm. Like, all... Just, you, you pull the thread on almost anything. Right. And... In, in country music or in bluegrass music, and it has roots back to, like, African music. Yep. Um, and so she's um, done a lot of really interesting projects lately. She did, I can't remember the name of the album, but she did a, an album with three other musicians. One of them is Amethyst Kia, who, bonus plug, that's not my third one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also listen to Amethyst Kia. Yeah. Um, and two other musicians who I shamefully can't remember the name of, um, where um, they were you know, doing a lot of that kind of, like, recapturing, like, old um, songs from, like, enslaved people and, like, things like that, and, like, mm -hmm. just, just, cre like, just really adding to the availability of that history, because I think for a lot of people, that stepping stone between, like, um, modern, like, sort of quote-unquote country music, I guess, and, like, its, its roots is just, like, it's hard to find, Mm -hmm. Um, and so what she does is just really weave together this, like, you know, traditional Celtic music and, like, traditional African music, and she's, like, really kind of, like, recreating this, like, sort of primordial soup of what became American music. Wow. In, like, a really, you know, um, it, it, it really just, like, puts you there right it's like oh shit like this is the missing link like you can hear all of these different influences in it which is just like a crazy feeling you mm. know it's like um it's like that gif where you're like zooming out of the earth and you zoom out of the fucking universe and you're like oh yeah. holy shit it's like it makes you feel very galaxy brain when you yeah. like listen to like all these different genres of music and then you listen to what Rihanna Giddens is doing right. it's like holy shit she's weaving it all together this is where it all came from you know? oh, wow. So it's like, um, it's, it's like reenactment, but music almost, um, right. which is, it's just really interesting. Oh, nice. Um, so definitely, definitely, uh, 
give Brienne Giddens a listen. Okay. Nice. That's quite the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my next one is uh, um, probably going to be uh, Fiona Apple's Fish the Bolt Cutters. Um, and I, I don't think Fiona Apple is somebody that necessarily needs, um, uh, you know, uh, more... Um, who is that? Is this a deep <laughs> pick? Well, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, you know, more profile, and especially by somebody like me, but um, I this record came out last year, and I um, I think it was a perfect culmination of how we all felt during quarantine. Like, there, um, the production on it is was very intimate. You could tell that the, the songwriting was very thoughtful, um, and the subject matter was a, a lot of, a, about isolation and, and abuse and um, um, some really intense stuff. Um, but what I liked the most about it, I think, was um, how kind of relatable it was. Mm. Like they're part of part of like the sounds that she is putting in this record are like her dogs barking right or like mm. banging against the walls mm. like trying to like and that's so relatable right mm. like uh, especially like during quarantine um and i don't think she necessarily you know she fiona apple didn't predict COVID 19 um but uh and you know her last album came out 10 years before this one um and so you could tell that she was kind of working on it for quite some time um but i think it kind of coincided perfectly i think it would have been great either way but um, I think I connected with it a little bit more because of, you know, the circumstances that we were all in. Uh, but yeah, Fiona Apple, similar to what I said about Tyler Creator, like, I think just, like, the lyricism game is, like, pretty unmatched. Um, and she's just so clever with, like, the repetitiveness and, like, things that she says to kind of, like, really hammer home things. Mm. Like, one of the one of the songs she just says over and over, I would beg to disagree, but begging disagrees with me. Um, and it's just kind of like that's a really good example of kind of like her speech pattern and like the the, the how she kind of like she tells you the thesis up front of mm. all that your song and I really appreciate that about her. Um, it's very literal. Like I don't have to go digging a lot, but it still has an impact, you know. Mm. Um, and the musicality is there, and um, not that this matters, um, but one of the mo- one of the I think few albums that ever got a perfect count on Pitchfork, um, and mm. I definitely agree with that review. Um, it's it's an incredible project from start to finish and, um, you know, heavy, uh, I, I think, you know, for somebody like you or, you know, like you put yourself in a correct headspace before you listen <laughs> to that. Schedule a therapy appointment yeah. afterwards. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's also funny, um, and, and interesting and a little kind of all over the place, but somehow cohesive. Um, and I don't know, there's just a lot of things that we can relate to, like longing and, and isolation and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, mental instability and like all that <laughs> stuff and uh i i really appreciated it at the time that i came out i think a lot of people did and they resonated with it and um you know with fiona apple in particular i it, i appreciate um her creating scarcity mm-hmm. a little bit i think there's a little bit of an undervaluing of that um some people are just like popping out projects left and right like year after year or mm-hmm. like even sometimes like twice in a, in a year and when this record was announced. I was like hyped for it. It created a it created an event. Like it was an eventized for mm-hmm. me. It was it was what you were asking earlier. I I cleared the schedule for the festival cutters. Yeah. You know, like I anticipated it. I was super excited to listen to it. I read the profiles. You know, like all of the, the all of that stuff about like her. You know, songwriting mm-hmm. um, experience with it, and um, 
it was worth it. It was worth the, the hype. The bar is so high for, or I, I feel like the bar is so high for someone like her, um, and she continues to clear it every time. Are we going to take a vacation day when the new Rihanna album comes out? Oh, my God. Will it ever come out? It's going to happen. I... Save up your vacation days. <laughs> Where is Rihanna? <laughs> is she okay? <laughs> she's doing fine. She's doing... She's do, she has a lingerie brand. She has a uh, makeup brand. And I appreciate that. If you want to do that, Rihanna, like, good for you. But, like, I want... She pivoted. She pivoted. And, but you know what? I didn't. I didn't pivot. Travis... <laughs> And it's about me, okay, Rihanna? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Rihanna. If, if and when that ever comes out. So. Sure. Um, okay, my last one. Oh, fuck. Uh, I have to pick something. I am gonna, I'm gonna recommend um, Mirkor, which I'm probably pronouncing incorrectly. Mirkor mm-hmm. uh, is from, I think, Finland? <sighs> People are gonna be really mad if I get that wrong. Um, because I, this, the Scandinavian countries do not like to be confused with each other at all. Yeah. Dan- she's Danish. Mirkor <laughs> uh, <laughs> is Danish. Um, so I don't know whether to say she or they because I don't know if she I don't know if Mirkor is like this individual artist's like uh, name or like the name of the band that she's with. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, Mirkor, listen to uh, she, she, them. Um, it's, uh, it's a black metal sort of, like, experimental thing. Um, I think she was a a, a vocalist. I think the the vocalist in your core was a a vocalist in another black metal band before this. Um, but now she's, like, going off and doing this really, like, um, sort of, like, moody, um, ethereal stuff. Like, she has some albums that are, like, really heavy, mm-hmm. but then her most recent album, uh, Focusanga, yep. was, like, oh my god. It, Incredible. It, it was, like, it was, like, a, like, an echoey, like, uh, like, Enya-ish kind yes. of, like, um, not metal at all. <laughs> not metal at all. Which is really interesting because, like, she's somebody who, the, the, Again, I'm a bad fan, so I don't actually know whether I should be referring to her as an individual. But mm. Mirkor has gotten a really bad rap in the metal community as like, oh, this isn't real metal. This is like folk. This is like whatever. Mm. This is like ambient. This is like, you know, this is not real metal because real metal is Slipknot. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... This has become, you know, we can have a conversation about whether litmus tests are good, but this has become, like, one of my sort of, like, quick, like, litmus tests for whether, like, I'm interested in spending time with a person. Is, like, if somebody is shitting on Mercora because Mercora is not real metal, and then somebody else comes in and is like, hey, man, I don't actually give a shit what is, quote-unquote, real metal. Mercora is good. Mm -hmm. Mercora rocks. Right. Uh, Maybe fuck off. I'm like, oh, you, you, I want to hang out with you. Mm, (laughs) so what she it's interesting because like she got a lot of shit a lot of shit from from um that community for you know and a lot of misogyny Mm -hmm, from that community for trying to do metal as a woman Mm -hmm. um for trying to do metal in an experimental way as a woman 
um, for just being a woman in right. a lot of ways. Like, um, she had a baby, you know, very, very visibly recently. Mm. And everybody was like, you know, so she was just like very visibly like, hey, metal can be a, a space that's occupied by very feminine people, right? Mm. Like, I don't need to like strap myself into a corset, right? Right. Um, and put on like spiky fucking like uh, black heels yeah. to earn your respect. And that's that's been the case in the metal community for a long time. Oh, yeah. Has been like, you know, and obviously no hate to like women who enjoy dressing like that or people who enjoy mm-hmm. dressing like that. But it's like there has been this expectation of like if you want to exist in the boys club of, of the heavy metal scene, right, you better dress like a vixen. Right. right. You better have your boobs up to here and, you know, Elvira makeup. And, like, you better be here to, like, help me live my fantasy. Right. Right? And, you know, there's a lot of women that are kind of, like, taking that down. And Mirkor is, is very much one of them. She's like, no. Like, I can put on my, like, flowy, you know, ethereal gown and stand in a valley and sing, like, traditional... Um, Swedish, uh, traditional Danish, like, cowherding songs. Right. And then, you know, play, like, the fucking hardest, grungiest, uh, guitar licks over it that you've ever heard in your life. And that's a thing. And that's a valid thing. And I can do that and maybe fuck off. Right. Right? Yeah. (laughs) I get to be here, basically. And so for her to, like, come, come through all of that criticism and come out with this album that's this like pretty little music box mm-hmm. is I think like what she was doing with that was first of all creating this beautiful piece of art. It's right. It's an entire mood. It's super listenable too. Right, yeah. right. Absolutely like, you put you put this on like in the car with your parents. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Um and uh but also to come out with this thing that's like this this just this little like diamond necklace basically. Mm-hmm. That's like this is the softest thing that you could imagine. But to not, like, pivot and, like, create a new band, not to, like, rebrand and, like, I'm doing this other project now and it's this. But, like, no, I get to be a metal artist and also do shit like this. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's very cool. Yeah. No, I'm with you 100% plus one to everything you said. I didn't know anything about the politics around, um, <laughs> I mean, I, th- there's a lot, like what you said, there's a lot of misogyny and stuff around the metal community. So, of course, it's kind of a woman, um, you know, being a, a singular mind um, in that community is probably something that f- others are going to feel attacked by. Mm-hmm. Um, but I so recommend this album too. You sent it to me and our friend Ian sent it to me and um, it became one of my favorites of last year. Um, and like I said earlier, like super listenable, really interesting and like pretty, um, gorgeous, like, like, like just like gorgeous like sweeping sounds right like it's kind of like it's kind of like the sound of music um except like not in nazi germany (laughs) i don't know like those you know what i mean like that's kind of like what i'm like that that's the like when i listen to it like i i see the like alps or i see like the outdoors and stuff Mm -hmm. like that you know what i mean um and i particularly like the last song i think is sort of like the odd one out from like all of the other ones like it's very slow piano melody mm-hmm. kind of like a lullaby i would say um and it's really beautiful i haven't listened to that album in a while but. it goes i think it goes equally well with um like uh 
uh, early morning hike in the forest, totally. like deep in the fucking forest. Yeah. As you know, with like uh, some scented candles and like a nice bath. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like, if you want to calm the fuck down, put yeah. on. Uh, Fokusanga. Well, yeah, and you're gonna see this name, and you're gonna see the, like, record title, and you're gonna be like, not for me. If, especially if you don't like metal, but, like, it is for you. It's for everybody. <laughs> it, like, is, it, it is for everybody. I mean, yeah. she's she's really, like, what she's doing is she's she's diving into, like, traditional, like, Danish music. Right. Traditional Scandinavian music. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, like, one, one of the, like, uh, um, vocal techniques that she's using is called kuling, mm-hmm. which is, like, a, it's not yodeling, but it's, like, functionally similar because it's like a form of singing that uh scandinavian women used to use to like call their cattle mm. and people have probably seen it you've probably seen a couple of these videos on like filtering through tiktok mm-hmm. because it just looks like the most like ethereal it looks like it's like was made up for the tv show vikings like no yeah. way this this magic can't possibly be real right. this woman is just standing here in this like flowy white dress just like singing these like lilting me- melodies and the cows just all kind of like look up and like in a trance they just come over and it's like <laughs> <laughs> and it's like and it's just it's, it's quite fucking magical but like this is this is like part of the part of the musical tradition that she's pulling from is mm-hmm. all of these like um like like folk music traditions that come from this area um there's a lot there there's a lot there to pull from that people don't like know about um because when they think of i think when they think of like scandinavian black metal they think of like you know just thrash right Right? um but um that's this this is why i like folk metal is people do like uh, uh, experimental shit like this oh yeah 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 yeah, hard plus one for me on that one. Um, my last one is um, I'm gonna go back to my classical musical roots. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, Brahms. <laughs> you can't escape this meme. <laughs> this is a joke for this is a joke for two people. <laughs> I'm mad now. Um, just just, just sent Travis Brahms. He will love it. <laughs> At yeah, Travis with, with, with pictures Brahms. of Brahms, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so um, Leonard Bernstein's Mass um, okay. is uh, one I'm gonna recommend. Um, I actually just it came on my shelf recently, and I've been kind of um, diving into it a lot. Um, but for those who don't know, mm-hmm. um, a mass is a musical form um, in classical music, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It is sacred. Um, there's a certain, um, like, it goes in a certain order. It's like Latin text. Um, you start with the, um, you know, the Kyrie eleison, and you go to the Agnus Dei, and, like, all of these things, right? Like, there's specific, like, Latin, you know, pretenses to, like, what is happening in the musical form, and it's all sung. And this has been happening since, like, the Renaissance era, era masses have been um, being composed, and um, some people have composed a whole shit ton of them, um, like Bach, for example. Bach just composed a shit ton of everything. Um, and some people needed, you know, some composers only did like one or two. Uh, and Leonard Bernstein, um, famous American composer, conductor, um, he did one. Um, and it's similar to like, you know, if a, like, um, like classical composers with symphonies, right? Like Mozart did 41 symphonies, Beethoven did nine, Hondo did 130. And, uh, but then, you know, after that, people started doing less and less because of Beethoven's curse. Um, so most people stick under nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now like with masses, like for example, like Leonard Bernstein only did one. 
Um, and he did it as kind of like a traditional mass with like all of the all of the like Latin um, stuff in the musical form, but also created it as like a theater piece. Mm. So it's kind of like half mass, half opera, half musical theater, half like jazz band thing. Mm. Um, that's a lot of halves, um, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, so it is it's just three yeah. entire things. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's super interesting. Like you could tell that he has um, a lot of reverence for the actual form, right? Like there's very traditional um, guardrails that you have to stick by in order mm. to do this, right? Like one is the actual text, right? Like the Latin doesn't change in <laughs> the mass. Um, but he also kind of injects Americanism in, into it and, um, mm. and jazz and, and 20th century, you know, um, classical compositions. And like new lyrics like it's half in latin half in english and it's incredibly critical of christianity mm-hmm. um which i think is a really interesting vehicle in order to do that um it's um you know it's very sacred um you know piece of uh musical form um but for him to kind of like also use english poems and um you know theater dialogue and stuff within the mass to kind of call out a lot of christian hypocrisy Mm -hmm. but also show a lot of love for like the history of this Mm -hmm. is like really resonant to me because Mm -hmm. i do feel that the same way about christianity or catholicism generally right like it's hard not to remove like a lot of like artistic movement or like art that generally that came out of like protestantism or like christianity Mm -hmm. um with like with like removing yourself from that religion i guess if that makes sense like it's mm-hmm. like you can still like this thing but also criticize right. the institution you know um and so i kind of felt that meta-ness mm. um when or i still do i listen to it a lot mm-hmm. mass when i listen to it and it's just like fucking great like it's just like really well done leonard Bernstein's awesome mm-hmm. uh he did the <laughs> uh he did the music to uh west side story um oh yeah which is my favorite musical and uh, my favorite movie of all time. Um, he didn't do the lyrics. I think, Travis, this is the first time I've ever heard you say the words West Side Story without, like, gasping afterwards. <sighs> Steven Spielberg is remaking it in December. Oh, shit. Holy shit. Yep. I, we're going. Yeah, we're going to go. I am worried. Um, okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I am worried. Um, I, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't understand the incessant need of Hollywood to remake things. Um, but especially things that are so good. Like, mm-hmm. West Side was so good. Like, you need to prove to me that this needs to exist. But anyways, um, mm-hmm. Leonard Bernstein rocks, um, and his mass is awesome, and music is, music's good. Yeah, yep, music's good. I think that's our parting wisdom, yeah? Yeah. Music, it's good. Music, yeah. Yeah. Try it today. Rebel Pro. <laughs> Try it today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It may actually cure your depression. Yeah. It has that power. Yeah. But yeah, chill out online, everybody. Yeah, maybe relax. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to kick somebody out of your uh, internet space because they um, like a band that you think is dumb and silly. Right. Um, and please share with us your music record. Please do that. We love that. Please do that. Yes. Yeah, we're open at whatever. Yeah. We're down for whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I am famously not very good at, like, listening to the help of recommendations at, in a reasonable time. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> send them to me. I will listen to them. Send, them, send, send them to Travis. He will just put them on. Yeah. I will be like, okay, hold on. <laughs> I, need, I need the right snacks. I need the right lighting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, listen to music. Music's good. Go outside. Yeah. Please be okay. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to us talk about music. Yeah. Next week we'll be back with yeah, back with the spicy political takes again. Yeah, yeah we'll talk I hope about you enjoyed this uh, brief repeat reprieve, reprieve from yeah. the um, from the constant onslaught of humanitarian crises. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um, okay. Bye. bye.